This is Hard Place, a novel by R.A. Jacobson. Listener discretion is advised. Contains strong language, violence, and some adult situations. Chapter 63. Mary Lou talks to Gran Anderson. The last few days scared Mary Lou. Everything she thought was in the past had come back to haunt her. Everything that was sure suddenly wasn't. In the Aturian lounge bathroom, she stood at the sink, staring at her face, noting the strain in her eyes. She bent to rinse her face and did not notice the huge moose that was impossibly reflected in the mirror. When Mary Lou stood, it slipped back into the dark. As Mary Lou toweled off her face, the room plunged into darkness, and the air filled with a heavy musk scent of wet fur and forest. She caught and held her breath, wanting it to be her imagination, just a dream. A heavy scrape on tile floor made her jump and fumble along the wall for the light switch, hoping not to touch anything else. She could feel hot breath on her neck. Finding the light switch, she paused, afraid to flip it on, afraid of what she would see. She closed her eyes tight and flipped. Slowly, she opened her eyes and saw tips of massive antlers on either side of her. She spun with a scream tight in her throat. Boo! the moose said in a deep, husky female voice. Mary Lou blinked at the disturbing double vision of a moose, heavy and dark, and a tall, thin woman that blurred and vibrated. It twisted and shrank until only the gray woman stood sporting large moose antlers. Ah, Mary Lou, you always were a bit skittish, even at school, she said with a smile. Her eyes glowed white-blue. Mary Lou stammered, Oh, what? Who are you? The strangeness of the situation made Mary Lou feel removed and almost calm. You don't recognize me? Yes, yes, I've changed a mite. She looked up at her antlers and touched the tip with one long, thin finger. But I think I wear them well. Grant Anderson? But... Well, dear, that's a bit of a long story. Now, I'm something quite different. I was always a power, even when I was your teacher so many years ago. Oh, I... Hmm. Some things don't change. You were never quick. Pretty for sure. Well, it's not important. I'm sorry I frightened you. I must apologize for that. I couldn't resist. This becoming has come with many interesting abilities. Do forgive me, dear. Now, Mr. White would very much like to speak with you. Mr. White? Yes, dear. Death. I'm his messenger. He has a proposition for you. There seems to be a question with your contract with the judge. Not sure what it is. I do hope it's serious. I would love to get a little comeuppance with the judge. I miss my garden. My contract? Mary Lou looked puzzled. Yes, dear, Gran Anderson sighed. Your contract. Tomorrow night, go to the basement of the Aturian. Through the locked door you've seen Jean use every once in a while, Mr. White will meet you there. The office was mostly dark. The only light was a lamp that lit the wooden desk where Matt sat, thinking. In his hand, he tapped the weighty black business card with the tip of his finger. The last week had been strange in many ways. All the uncertainty with Alan and the creepy smiling dudes in black hats. The only thing he was certain of was his feelings for Mary Lou. A week ago he hadn't even met her. Now he knew he loved her. 
knew without any reservation he would do anything for her, anything she needed. His phone rang. Hello? I just had the weirdest conversation. He smiled hearing Mary Lou's voice, but there was an edge to it. It was unnaturally calm, with very little inflection. That seems to be going around, he said. Well, she claimed to be death's messenger, she said. There's a problem with my contract, and he wants to talk to me. Your contract? With the judge? Wait, who wants to talk with you? Mr. White. I think that's death. Matt, what if there is something wrong, and my contract is ending? When are you going to meet Mr. White? Tomorrow night. What am I going to do? Don't worry. I think I have an idea. Will you come with me? Of course. I wouldn't let you see him alone. I'm going to make a couple of calls. I think there may be a way out of this. I'll see you back at your apartment. Who are you going to call? I'll tell you all about it later, Matt hung up. Matt sat in the dim light. He picked up his phone, his decision made. The card in his hand had no numbers until he resolved to make a deal. He watched as they wrote themselves in neat chisel point script and dialed the number. The phone didn't even ring and Mr. December responded. Yes? This is Matt Pierce. I've decided. Well, I've changed my mind. That's excellent news, Mr. Pierce. Excellent news indeed. But I don't want to deal with you. I want to deal with your boss. Well, of course, Mr. Pierce. The judge wouldn't have it any other way. He will meet you behind the Aturian Lounge in the alley at midnight. It's tradition after all. See you soon, Mr. Pierce. Matt walked through the night air, thinking about his decision and what he was planning to do. A week ago, it wouldn't have made any sense to him. Hell, a week ago, he thought the devil was a story, one he didn't believe in. And now? Now everything had changed. Here he was, walking to meet and make a deal with a creature of myth and legend. Just before midnight, Matt turned a corner into the long alley. He knew there was no crossroad. It was a straight shot to the next street. This is where he had waited to talk to Alan and where he had met Mary Lou. Inside, he felt a certain synergy at making a deal to save her here. He walked to the middle of the alley, stood and waited, feeling foolish as if it was all a trick. He heard a sound, like a snap of a finger, but quiet and slightly muffled, that made him turn and look at the brick wall he was leaning on. It was no longer a wall, but another alley that crossed the lane he had just walked. As he stood there, looking down the impossible alley, a large, shiny black car slowly drove up and stopped beside Matt. The back window whirred down, and a man in the back seat leaned forward into the light. Mr. Pierce, I have been hearing such good things about you, and I've heard that you would like to join our little enterprise. Is that correct? You are the devil? The door opened and the man slid out smoothly and towered above Matt. I am the judge, Mr. Pierce. Then I want to make a deal, but I have some conditions. Conditions? Okay. Usually people come to me to buy a service, a result. 
They have a need that they cannot satisfy, and I make dreams come true. I fulfill their heart's desire. I do want something. I also have conditions. This is wonderful. What is it that you want, Mr. Pierce? What is your heart's desire? I want to buy Mary Lou's contract. Why, Mr. Pierce, you're a romantic. I don't think I've ever had this request. And believe me, I've heard them all. One guy asked for a truck, of all things. I mean, a truck. Talk about setting the bar low. You're talking about Jacob. And it wasn't the truck he sold for love, oddly enough, for the same woman as I am. She told you about Jacob? I'm impressed. Like you, he's a romantic. A tenacious old fuck, but a romantic nonetheless. And he's been quite a thorn, especially of late. It's rather remarkable you both chose her. I may have to take a closer look at her. You know, she's older than you. It doesn't matter. I want her contract. It's kind of funny. I never really had her contract, to be precise. I have only the promise of her contract. This is quite tempting. But you have conditions. I have, the judge interrupted. That's great, Mr. Pierce. I'll be happy to listen to them another time. Yes, another time, Mr. Pierce. I regret to tell you, and believe me, I have never said this before. I will not be able to contract you this time. Wait, what? Yes, certain events that are approaching that your marking will impact. Marking? Yes, by signing a contract with me. I have the contract prepared, sir. Another of the tall, thin, smiling men, nearly identical to Mr. December, stood beside the car holding a piece of paper. I won't be needing the contract tonight. You are dismissed. The judge casually waved his hand. The tall man said, Sir? Before he crumpled into a cloud of black flies. I don't get it. I thought you wanted my soul. Aren't you the devil? Ah, oh, Mr. Pierce. What a strange and wonderful question. You are quite innocent, aren't you? A true romantic. The judge leant back into the shadows. Patience, my young friend. We will deal. However, not tonight. I'll be seeing you. The judge sat back and rolled up the window as the car drove off, leaving Matt standing alone in the alley. The brick wall, once again a brick wall. He felt stunned. Nothing had gone as he thought. Even in this absolutely fucked up situation, this was all wrong. He had met the devil at the crossroads to sell his soul and had been refused. Is that even possible? Out of the dark behind him, Matt heard the rhythmic clop of hooves. He turned to see a moose, its massive antlers swaying as it walked up to him. In a dizzyingly tangle of visuals, the moose became a tall, thin woman with antlers and a smile. Mr. Pierce, so no deal tonight. That's odd, she said. What? Who? Matt said. And the weirdness just keeps coming. Yes, yes, it's all unsettling. A moose in the city, a beautiful woman with antlers. I know, however, I am just a messenger. Messenger? Yes, Mr. White is occupied currently, but would love to speak to you. Sp speak to me? Do you always repeat what is said to you? Never mind. Yes, return to the morgue. Things have been arranged to allow you and Mr. White to have a private conversation. 
Tune in next Tuesday for Chapter 64, The Audience Sat. Stories from a Hard Place is a narrative podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, R.A. Jacobson presents another chapter from Hard Place, read by the author. Opening music by Noah Zachran. Production copyright by R.A. Jacobson, 2022. If you'd like to support Stories from a Hard Place, please go to patreon.com forward slash hardplace. If you would like a book version, either ebook or print, you can find it anywhere books are sold, including your local library. You can find links to all these and much more at Deadcat Studio. That's deadcatstud.io. Thanks for listening. Keep the shiny side up.